ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhind, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my purpose girls. Bonjour. I am still in Paris. We've been here for like two and a half weeks. We're going to be here for two more. It's a whole month here and it's been so delicious, so juicy. Everything from eating as much flaky, buttery croissant as I possibly could to taking shade to a different playground every single day to meeting European moms on the playground and going out dancing and So I'm taping this from a gorgeous five-star luxurious suite, hotel suite, where Josh and I spent the night because my Paris retreat, Goddess Getaway Paris, starts today. And so my colleague Rachel is in town and she was able to watch Shay last night. And so let me just set the scene. The podcast equipment is laid out on this delicious king-size bed that has those soft, yummy white sheets and this burgundy, velvety throw. And there are those like chunky, thick curtains hanging from these beautiful tall windows. And outside is this courtyard where you can see that blue-gray slate of Parisian roofs and all the greenery in the window. And it's just so delicious. So I'm taping this in my robe. And I share all of that because the sound is going to be different than it usually is in the Purpose Girl podcast. So I wanted to set the scene and let you know if the sound is a little funky. That is why. But Paris has been absolutely delicious. And I'm going to share so many details, but one of the things that I've really noticed here are the Parisian women. They're absolutely captivating and not because they wear a ton of makeup. They actually wear very little. You might see an occasional red lip or you might see a beautiful gloss or you might see some mascara, but really it's a natural confidence. Women walking down the street in such simple elegance, eating a whole baguette and not giving a damn about what that's going to do to her waistline feeling so confident in herself. It's beautiful. Now, of course, I'm sure many of these Parisian women also have the same self-doubt and body image issues and am I good enough complexes and all of that that so many women do in the United States and in other parts of the world. But it's really gotten me thinking about being that confident, beautiful, naturally beautiful, wise, wild woman. Because one of the things that I'm noticing a lot in my clients and coaching, and I am coaching here, and that I've noticed a lot in my own life, is how much we sacrifice our own needs, our own desires, our own delicious baguette and fresh butter because of what I call the good girl syndrome or good girl complex, right? That is if our entire being is for someone else. Right, You say, yes, your neighbor says, can you please, please, please babysit my kids when what you really need is a whole night's rest because you've got a big report to do tomorrow at work and you feel so guilty that you say yes. Or the teacher at school is like, we need another room parent. Will you please do it? We need you. And you know that you have no time to be the room parent, but you feel guilty. So you do it again. Or something as simple as your wife or your husband says, hey, honey, what do you want for dinner tonight? And you're like, I don't care. 
but you really do care. So they say, let's have Mexican. And in your stomach, it feels sick at the idea of having refried beans. But you go, okay, because you just want to make them happy. Or maybe you have sex when you don't really feel like it because you think you should. All of the shoulds, all the have tos, all the what we do to please other people at our own expense. And this is what I call the good girl syndrome. And I'm really feeling into it because of what I notice about Parisian women and because of what I notice about myself and about so many women that I work with. And that the thing that is most holding them back from living their purpose is being leashed, is being tied to almost like in a jail cell to those shoulds and that good girl. And that's what we're going to do today on the Purpose Girl podcast. We are going to blow up the good girl complex so that we can step into that free, wise, wild, dare I say, deliciously confident air of je ne sais quoi, I don't know what, French Parisian women. So fun. Of course, first, let me read our review of the week. This is actually coming to us from Stephanie. She posted it in the Purpose Girl Facebook group. If you're not in it, join now. It's seriously such an empowering cheerleading group where you can post anything that you're frustrated about, sad about, you don't know your purpose, or you do know it and you want to brag about it. You will get so much support and so much love. It is the sisterhood that you have always, always wanted and that we all need to grow. So Stephanie wrote, hello from Texas. Thank you so much for making your podcast. I've recently discovered it and just love the motivation and inspiration I get after I hear an episode heart. Aw, Stephanie, I love you. Welcome to Purpose Girl Land. I'm so, so, so honored that you're here and thank you for sharing what the podcast means to you. It means the world to me to hear that. So let's talk a little bit about good girl syndrome. You know you have good girl syndrome if you constantly hear yourself saying, I should do that. I don't wanna, but I have to. You know you have good girl syndrome if you are desperate for a bath. And instead of taking that bath, you are answering your friend's 19th phone call about a heartbreak over a guy that she went on a coffee date with and continues to call and call and you aren't taking care of yourself in that bath and simply saying, I can't talk right now or just not answering the phone because you think being a good friend means that you should. You know you're a good girl if you're saying yes to sex when you really don't want it. You know that you're being a good girl if you aren't sharing with your lover what you want because you're afraid to hurt his or her feelings. You know you're being a good girl when you take on all the work at the office and never speak up about your own talents, about your own strengths, about how good you are, about how you've taken on extra and asking for the raise. You know, you're a good girl when you agree for the eighth time to bring the orange slices to soccer because no other mom is volunteering to do it. And you just know that you're going to have to do it. You know, you're the good girl if you're working in a project with a team at work or at school and no one else is pulling their weight and you just decide to do it for everyone else. You know, you have good girl syndrome when you so badly want to write the book and you just keep thinking, but who would ever want to read anything I have to say? I'm stupid. I'm ridiculous. You know you have good girl syndrome when you're so focused on how you think your body looks bad in a bathing suit. And so instead of just putting on the damn suit and enjoying the beach and enjoying splashing in the ocean, you hide under a cover. You know you have good girl syndrome 
when your sister-in-law asks if she can work with you and you know that it's going to be a disaster, you know that the two of you cannot work together well, and you don't even think that she's that talented and you say yes anyway, because what would the family think? You know, you have good girl syndrome when you're around your family and they make fun of you and you don't speak up or they are speaking ill about other people. Maybe you hear racist or anti-Semitic or homophobic slurs and you don't speak up because you just don't want to rock the boat. You know you have good girl syndrome when you so badly know in your soul of souls that what you deeply desire is to leave your current job and to start your own purpose business, but you're so afraid to bring it up to your partner because you don't want to let them down. You don't want to rock the boat. You know, you have good girl syndrome when you see a woman who is so in her power and in her sensuality and she's wearing some sort of hot leather getup in any body size. And some part of you desperately yearns to be that and to have that and to feel that. But you say, oh, I could never. The other moms at school would judge me if I showed up looking like that or if I wore that. And you judge yourself. Feel into all of those. And there are a million other examples. I'm just riffing here. (laughs) Do any of those ring a bell for you? Where in your life are you letting that whole good girl thing show up? And what would your life look like without it? So one of the things that I've noticed in my own life is a constant peeling back of the layers of this good girl syndrome. So first understanding where it came from, and I'll tell you my story and use that to really feel into your own, right? I'm the youngest of three. I grew up and my brother was totally a rebel got terrible grades when he was a kid. Now he's a super successful lawyer, but like terrible grades, always getting into trouble. My sister was artistic and different and had her own set of ways in the world. And my role was to be the happy one, the cute one. And I was, I was a generally happy kid. And there was a lot of fighting when I grew up, a lot of fighting. And it was constantly like, can't we all get along? We all love each other. Let's love each other. Not a surprise, right? (laughs) But that was my role. And anytime I actually was sad or angry, my mom would get so upset. What's wrong? What's wrong? And try to fix it, which is so normal. I'm a mom now. I get it. But I literally thought there's no place in the world for all of my emotions. It's not okay if I'm sad. It's not okay if I'm angry. And what I literally saw were people be angry around me and there was so much fighting with anger that I just shut that off. And really what I did is I internalized it, right? When you have those feelings of anger, it means that you feel like you've been violated. And so we either are going to take it out on someone else, or if not, we take it out on ourselves. Now, there are healthier ways of dealing with that now. And that's a lot of what I teach and how to be that wise, wild woman and how we work with our anger. It's a lot of what I'm going to be teaching in my upcoming Goddess Unleashed course is like the healthy way to work through your emotions and feel it all and be that lioness so that you can be free. But what is holding women back the most from purpose isn't strategy or even knowing your purpose. Now you might be sitting there and going, but Karen, I don't know my purpose or I don't know how to do it. That is the easy part, sister. Listen to many different episodes of the Purpose Girl podcast. Join my goddess on purpose class. Come to the Purpose Girls group. The thing that I see the most in clients and in all the women in my community that's holding them back doesn't have anything to do with what your purpose is or what strategy you need. It has to do with being chained to this good girl syndrome this people-pleasing, this putting everybody else first, this accepting crumbs in life instead of saying, I want the whole damn cake. And so for me, I learned very early on that my role was to be the good girl, that I would be loved if I never showed a sad, difficult, negative, quote unquote, emotion, 
I would be loved if I got all A's. I would be loved if I was on student council and student government and a cheerleader and whatever else, Cosmopolitan Magazine or Teen Magazine or those Valley High Twin Valley, whatever they were called, those Sweet Valley High Twin Girl books we're talking about. That was how to be loved. And it worked really well. I totally felt like my parents loved me. Sometimes I felt like they loved me the most. They don't, but that was just like my feeling or maybe my desire. And I really thought it was because I was such a good girl. Now, fast forward to when I became an adult. What did that mean? It meant when sex didn't feel good with my husband, I had sex anyway and didn't tell him. Or after my divorce, when I started dating I would fake orgasms all the time because I didn't want to hurt the feelings of the person I was with. It meant staying in a job, actually like six jobs. I kept switching companies, but basically the same job. But it meant staying in a career that I knew wasn't for me because I just didn't want to upset the apple card. I wanted people to think that I had it all together. I wanted to portray a certain image. Once it meant not dating somebody, I really, really, really wanted to because he was overweight and not that put together. And I was afraid what people would think. And fast forward to when I met Josh, I was totally sometimes faking orgasms as I think many women do. Raise your hand if you've ever done that or you still do it. And he called me on it. And then he made me promise, don't ever fake an orgasm in our relationship. Just say you're not into it or tell me what to do differently or make a request but don't ever fake an orgasm. And it was such a wake up moment for me of, wow, the ways that I've been showing up as good girl. And then I would notice when he would ask what I wanted to eat, even if I knew a hundred percent, I want French food. I would say, I don't know. It was like in that moment, my brain forgot. And so I am so familiar with the good girl syndrome, but I'm so aware of the ways that being the good girl hurt me It meant sacrificing my needs so often. Like I remember being with Josh and there was a night we were supposed to go out. We had promised to go out with other friends and all I wanted was sleep. But I felt like I can't cancel on those people and Josh really wants to go. And so I went and I was miserable the whole time, totally faking it. But then you better believe when we got in the car, I picked a fight with Josh and he's like, what is going on here? And I'm like, well, I didn't even want to go out and it's your fault. And he's like, Hello, you're an adult woman. You could tell me. I said, I don't feel like I can tell you because I don't feel like I can tell anybody the truth. And then we really started talking about it. And more and more and more, it was like this pattern over a couple of years of becoming aware of how pleasing him, I learned to please a man before pleasing myself. And insert whoever you want there. If it's colleagues, if it is family, if it is a partner, if it's all the above. But the way I felt every time I sacrificed myself is inside, I felt a little piece of me die. Almost like let's say that your whole heart and your whole soul are like a beautiful, beautiful, open, gorgeous French rose. Well, what I noticed is each time I said yes to someone else at the complete sacrifice of what I needed and what I wanted, I felt that rose close up and close up and close up and wilt and wilt and wilt. Until no wonder I've become depressed and anxious. There's a lot of anxiety in not living true to yourself and constantly trying to please someone else. And here's what I notice in clients. One of my clients is a sensuality teacher. She is here to empower women to feel so alive in their bodies and to be aware of their own sexuality at any age and to really own their own pleasure. But she's afraid of what her children would say. 
they already make fun of her like, mom, don't talk about sex. And so, of course, she has her own fear around that and her own self-judgment. And okay, it's not nice to my kids, even though her kids are old enough to be able to handle it and to be able to have that conversation, the good girl syndrome stops her. Or another one of my clients who so badly knows that she wants to quit her job and go back to school in order to become a veterinarian. But she's so afraid of what her husband will say, so afraid she'll rock the boat and that they can't afford it, that she won't even bring up the conversation. And so I just want you to pause for a moment. I want you to notice for yourself, how does the good girl syndrome show up for you? Where are the places that you are totally sacrificing? And I don't mean compromise. In relationships, of course, we need to compromise. And it's always best when we can find a win-win for everybody. Like, let's eat what you want tonight and tomorrow we'll eat what I want. Or now that there's DoorDash and Grubhub and all of the other food delivery services, you each can order your own thing. But of course, there are times when I compromise. Like, I decided to live in Philadelphia because my husband's older son lives there. So of course, I couldn't take Josh away from his older son. So it's a compromise that we live there until his son graduated high school. And then now that he's graduated... Our agreement is I get to choose where we live for the rest of our lives. So I'm playing around with, is it going to be California? Is it going to be New York? Or will we stay here? So there are always compromises, but I mean absolute sacrifice of what you need. So pause for a moment and feel into where that good girl is in you. Where are you people pleasing? And what it comes down to is where are you giving your power away to? Because make no mistake, that je ne sais quoi that I see in some French women It's an actual deep power. It's not power over other people as we see in many distorted politicians. It's power within yourself. It's sovereignty. It's being a queen and having preferences and having requests and having desires and stating them and going after them. And so feel into where are you sacrificing that inner wise, wild woman And that deep sense of power, where have you given that away because of good girl syndrome? And while you think that over, let me share a little bit about Ana Luisa, the jeweler that I've just partnered with. They're so delicious. Their jewelry is so yummy. I went crazy in their store. I got this gorgeous gold link bracelet. I got this beautiful golden necklace and another one with a moon. And their work is so beautiful. And best of all, it's totally, totally affordable. Their pieces start at $39. And because you are a Purpose Girl podcast listener, in September, you get 10% off. You just need to go to shop.analuisa.com forward slash Purpose Girl. That's shop.analuisa.com forward slash Purpose Girl. And you will see so many pieces. They have beautiful, dainty, elegant rings that you can have beautiful necklaces, whether you're into kind of more chunky or you're into more spiritual, they have so many different pieces. And again, in September, all of my listeners get 10% off by going to shop.analuisa.com forward slash purpose girl. And every single Friday, they release new jewelry collections. So I kind of go crazy every Friday. And so if you've heard me talk about them before and you checked it out, go check it out again, because there'll be new jewelry every single time you go. Again, I absolutely recommend checking out Ana Luisa. Go to shop.analuisa.com forward slash Purpose Girl. And again, get 10% off in September using the code Purpose Girl. You're gonna love them. And then once you get your jewelry, take a pic and tag me on Instagram or Facebook and we can just share the love because it's so good. 
So at this point you might be sitting there like, okay, Karen, I get it. I totally let this good girl syndrome rule my life. What do I do about it? What we do is we shift into our wise, wild, unleashed woman. Let's talk a little bit about what that is. So the good girl is literally on a leash, like a dog leash (laughs) to what society says she has to be, right? To what your parents said you had to be, maybe to the religion that you were raised in or that you're currently in. Actually, that's great examples I didn't even use when talking about the good girl. One of my clients would never even feel into her sexual body because she was raised Catholic and that was wrong and bad. And she was told that she was bad for masturbating when she was young. And she remembers when she was around 13 being in church and hearing the priest talk about that masturbating is bad. And so she suddenly thought that she was a bad person. So she's been cut off from her body ever since. And so in that case, she gave her power away to the church. She gave her power away to shame. Or maybe you're giving your power away to a lover or your partner, or your wife or your husband, and you haven't even thought of it in that sense. Maybe you're giving your power away to the way that you were raised or to racism. And let me give you this example. One of my clients never felt beautiful, never felt good enough. She was in my goddess on purpose class once. And as we were walking through really feeling confident, she started crying. She said, I grew up and I never saw an example of a black woman in leadership. And so I never thought I could. I just thought it was cut off for me. And so here she is, a beautiful, powerful woman, but some part of her was cut off, wilted like that rose example I gave you because she just didn't think it was possible for her. And so racism really got her power, even though she didn't, of course, willingly or want to give her power to racism. That's where her power went. And so what we actually must do is to take our power back. And we do that by unleashing by unleashing. And how do we unleash? The first step is to become aware and name the places where you have given your power. Is it to your boyfriend when you were 12 who told you that you were too fat and dumped you and you've been hanging on to that story? Is it the religion like I just mentioned? Is it the parents? Is it all these places? The first step, sister, is to be aware. Where have you given your power? It's this unleashing process. And part of the unleashing process is we actually need to learn how to have a totally different conversation with that good girl inside of us. We don't want to just throw her out. So often I hear clients say, oh, I just want to get rid of her. I just want to throw her out. No, she's there for a reason. She thinks she's keeping you safe. She thinks she's your best friend. And she probably has done a lot of good for you in your life. Maybe she got you good grades or she got you your partner or she helped you show up and be the mom that you wanted to be. It's just a matter of really noticing where is she helping and where is she hurting now? And so we have to learn how to have a different conversation with her and how to love her and appreciate her and thank her. And then to take back the reins, unleash her from having the power. She's going to be along for the ride. She just doesn't get to drive the car. And part of the unleashing is an actual grieving, a grieving, even a funeral for that good girl. And then as we release and let go of that part of us and why we've had her, we get to then own our power. And as we own our power, this unleashing is owning that wise, wild woman inside of you. And I call her the wise, wild woman. Wise, because every woman I know has been through so much. I use this example. I went to a women's event with Regina Thomas-Hour, Gina, and there were 2,500 women in the room. And she asked, how many of you have been abused in some way? sexually, verbally, physically, emotionally. 
And she asked us to please stand up. And nearly every single woman stood up. I was in the front row. I turned around and there was a sea of women standing. And I've now repeated that in my own classes, grateful to her for that exercise. And women are astounded to see that the majority of us have been abused in some way. So of course we've given our power away. And if we name it, it begins the healing process and it begins the taking back the power process. Because the next step then is the grieving and learning how to move all those emotions through our body so that they don't get stuck. One of my clients was abused as a young child. And so she's just cut off any deep emotion. She cuts off the grief and cuts off the anger because she constantly heard not to cry, not to emote. We don't want to hear it. There are people who've got worse problems than you. But when we cut off part of ourselves, right, she would cut off the low emotions like anger, grief, sadness. But here's how it works. When you cut off those hard emotions, you also cut off your capacity to feel the highs and the joys. That's just how our bodies and our emotionality works. We can't cut off one without cutting it all off to some degree. And so just in this awareness and this naming, we begin to take our power back. As Brene Brown says, shame likes to hide in dark corners. Shame likes to hide in silence. But when we start speaking it, it can't hide and it can't run our lives anymore. Now, especially when we name it in a safe place with other sisters who say, oh, sister, I've got you. I hear you. I love you. And me too. And we will hold each other and we will get through this together. That's why I run women's groups. That's why I do classes. That's why I hold sisterhoods and why I do retreats and groups of women because we heal together through that common experience and that sharing and that cheerleading. And so first we name it and then we name it though in a safe place where we can be held. And I just saw this in my Miami retreat where a woman shared the shame of being rejected and abandoned by her family when she was young and then having all of the women gather around her put their hands on her with consent, of course, and simply hold her in that space. 20 women with their hands on her shoulder, her back, and she could cry it out and feel that she is never going to be abandoned again because her sisters have got her. And then getting to do work with her on what did that little girl inside of you want to do that she was not allowed to do because she was rejected and abandoned. And then bringing that out. And that is the process of stepping into the wise, wild woman. So wise, because every woman I know has been through so much, we have so much wisdom inside of us. First of all, there is the innate, inherent feminine wisdom. And this is ancient wisdom. For thousands of years, women passed along wisdom, wisdom of the body, wisdom of intuition, wisdom of unconditional love, wisdom of passion, wisdom of creation, right? Creating life. And traditions were passed from women generation to generation, But for some reason, that was not honored as much as more masculine or the man's wisdom, which maybe came more from books because men were allowed to study in many cultures when women were not, or men were out there making money because women were not allowed to make money. And so it became more honored in society, most societies, the way that a man earned or the way that a man thought when there is deep wisdom, ancient wisdom in the divine feminine. And that is the wisdom of our senses and using our body to have deep knowing about who you are, what you desire. That is the wisdom of creation, of inspiration, of sensuality, the wisdom of unconditional love and caring for others, the wisdom of deep passion. All of that is the divine feminine. And there is the wisdom that comes from heartbreak. 
It isn't wisdom in our minds. Like an education is wonderful, but your life experience is everything. I have so many clients who have said to me, I need to go get another degree before I can do X, Y, or Z. And it's like, maybe if that's the law, and I'm sure that degrees will make you feel good and help you, but I see this all the time, the imposter syndrome thinking you need 10 more degrees when really your life experience is the best degree that you have. And so that innate wisdom, and part of that is body wisdom and knowing your intuition and knowing when it is a yes for you and knowing when it is a no and really being able to hear the difference between the fear brain that says, oh, but I should, but I have to, but other people will be mad at me if I don't, but people will judge me. And the inner wisdom voice, that voice of the inner goddess, your wise, wild woman, who knows, boom, I want that. And here's an amazing example. You know, I came to Paris to live with my family and have that experience. It's something that I've always wanted and it's been delicious. And while we were here, we decided to run this retreat for five days. And I wasn't going to do other special work while I was here. But when I got here, my coach was here and several of my girlfriends were here who are also coaches and they were doing these VIP days where they would have one client for an entire day and help them with whatever that client wanted, whether it was going after their dreams, creating their business, one day in Paris. And so I saw them doing it. I thought, I want to do a VIP day. I want to host a client here. So I started putting it out on the internet everywhere in my stories, if you follow me on Instagram, and if you don't, go follow me, (laughs) Karen Rockine on Instagram, and putting it out on Facebook and offering it in different places and no one was saying yes. And I was starting to feel kind of bad about myself. Like, they don't like me. They don't want to do it. And then I was like, no, it's just that it's last minute. It's hard to fly to France all of a sudden and COVID and money and everything else. So I kind of let it go. And then I did a Facebook Live last week in the Purpose Girls group. I do one every single week. And I was just talking about my delicious experiences here in Paris. And then one of my clients watched it and sent me a message. I want it. I want the VIP day. I want to come on the retreat. And I want it all. No, sister, this was last Monday and the VIP day was yesterday on Saturday. And so she would have needed to fly on Thursday and she's sitting there in the United States. Okay. (laughs) And she made it happen. Now, yeah, she has the financial means to be able to hop on a plane and be able to do that. And she doesn't have young children. So yes, there are circumstances and totally like taking that into account. And She had to talk to her husband about it and share her desire. And I'm sure he was not planning on spending money for her to go to Paris last minute. And she had to rearrange appointments and schedules and figure all that out. But her inner wisdom was, I want that. Her inner wisdom, her wise, wild woman said, I need that. That will be so good for me. That's going to give me what I need for my purpose business, for my life, for my relationship, for my marriage. And so in three days, she made it all happen. Now, most people who I talked to were like, oh, it's only two weeks away. I don't think I can make that happen. And everyone has different circumstances. So as soon as she texted me that she wanted this and said, yes, of course, her fear brain was like, who do you think you are? That's crazy. It's irresponsible. You don't need to spend money on that. So of course, her fear brain started talking. Her good girl started talking. But I coached her through it. We talked it through. And she listened to her inner wise, wild woman. And so a big part of unleashing from the good girl And getting rid of good girl syndrome is learning how to trust your intuition, how to hear what your body desires and actually listen to her. And then of course, how to have those conversations, empowered conversations with the people that you love and that you need to. And so she came here to Paris and we had our VIP day yesterday and it was so powerful and so delicious. She's a sensuality coach. And so I planned an entire day around sensual Paris. And how in the 1800s, women were not allowed to have money. The only women who were allowed to have their own money and who were allowed to study 
was a profession called a courtesan, which was an escort. And you might think of prostitutes. And yes, these courtesans in many cases did sleep with their clients, but they did so in an empowered way. Many were sought after for their intellect, for their wit, for their strategy and ability to think in business. And they held the power, even though their clients were kings and even though their clients might have been businessmen, they held the power. Their power didn't come from just looking like a model. No, their power came from being that inner wise, wild woman, from their own sense of confidence, from their own ability to feel their intuition and their own ability to listen to their yes and their no, their own ability to be sensual and magnetic. That's the power of the wise, wild woman. And so every woman has within her, you have within you, deep wisdom that's come from your pain. And often these courtesans came from nothing. They came from very difficult childhoods, but they turned that pain into purpose and it was their wisdom. And then wild because they would listen to their intuition, because they would go after their dreams, because they would charm and flirt and know what their yes and their no was. And of course, I'm sure that there was a lot else going on there, but I supported this client. We started off in Place Colette. Colette was the most famous female writer, and she was openly bisexual more than a hundred years ago at a time when women weren't. And she would write about lovers, an older woman with a younger man. And she was sought after, but what she wrote was so taboo and so delicious, right? She made a statement and even though others would judge her, even though others criticized her, she listened to her intuition. She was the wise, wild woman, Colette. Became very famous by listening and being her true wise, wild woman self, not the good girl. I then took her to the Louvre. We didn't go inside because we're going to go in a couple of days on the retreat. But I showed her the architecture and I am Pei, the architect who created a glass pyramid as the entrance to the Louvre. And if you've ever seen it, it's a very modern piece right in the middle of this old palace, old French palace, the Louvre. And he got tons of criticism, protests. People did not want this modern look in the middle of this classic traditional French Parisian palace museum. But he stood his ground about why it was needed and why that was the best plan for the space. And so, yeah, there were protests and he stood in that wise, wild man that he was, his own wisdom. And so she and I got to talk about her standing in that, even if others don't approve, even if other people don't get it, her own inner wise, wild woman. And then of course we went and we journaled in the Tuileries garden. We had the most beautiful weather. And then I took her to the red light district, Pigalle. And I And we went into different shops and I let her pick out a lingerie for me and we played with different things. And I showed her how much she's needed because I walk into a store like that. I don't know everything to do in that store. There's a lot of pieces, but she was able to say, oh, you do this with this and you do this with this. And I said, sister, women don't know this and they want that. They want orgasm. They want to feel beautiful like a French woman. They want to feel in their power. They want to feel in their body. They need you. And so she was able to claim her truth as that wise, wild woman. So then we went to this fabulous lunch at Monsieur Blue overlooking the Eiffel Tower and she wrote what she was claiming, claiming that she's the wise, wild woman, claiming that women need her, claiming that she is the woman that is needed now to help other women feel delicious and beautiful and sensual in their bodies. So that then I surprised her with a photo shoot and we took the most delicious, sexy photo shoot ever. Wait till you see the pics. So literally in that one day, we shifted from the good girl who was holding back her purpose because of what other people would think to her being photographed in that wise, wild woman self. And this is possible for you too. 
this ownership of who you really are. Because again, figuring out your purpose, join my goddess on purpose class. That's the easier part. And I believe that you probably have some dreams inside that maybe you aren't admitting or the strategy of how to do it. I can help you with that easily. The piece that I really want to help you with, the piece that is next for you and for all women is becoming free, untamed, unleashed, whole, whole, whole in your light, whole in your shadows, whole in your darkness, approving of it all, making yourself right for the fears that you have, making yourself right for the self-doubt, no more judgment and belittling yourself for your body or your decisions or your past. This is what it is to drop the good girl syndrome and to step into being the wise, wild woman. And it's wise because of the wisdom you have, as I said, and wild because it's listening to your intuition. It's going for your desires. It's being your delicious self, whether that is centrally in the bedroom or it's powerful in the boardroom. Wild like that jaguar. And every woman is her. Every woman is that jaguar, that lioness, if you will. And so the opportunity here is to really reform that good girl. And so I'm so excited to announce that from October 4th to the 6th, I am holding Good Girl Reform School in the Purpose Girls Facebook group. So you absolutely must join the Purpose Girls Facebook group. I am holding the three-day Good Girl Reform School. It's going to be so juicy, so good, so powerful. You are going to walk away feeling so free, having the tools, having the ability to stand in your power in all of your relationships, in your marriage, with your lover or lovers, in your work, with your boss, with your kids. And so make sure that you get onto that Purpose Girls Facebook group now because the Good Girl Reform School is coming to Purpose Girl Land and I cannot wait. I cannot wait to unleash you so that you are that goddess unleashed, that wise, wild woman walking in the world with that air of confidence, eating that baguette no matter the size of your body because you know you're beautiful. Oh, I cannot wait. So again, good girl reform school, come into the Purpose Girls group, make sure you join. And again, check out Anna Luisa Jewelry, A-N-A dot L-U-I-S-A forward slash Purpose Girl. It's so beautiful. And let's step into our wise wild woman, shall we? I hope you loved this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast live to you from Paris. You want to make sure you're following me on Instagram and Facebook to see all of the juicy pics and all that we're doing on our retreat. Let's just say that on this retreat, we're doing cabaret dancing. We're having a goddess photo shoot under the Eiffel Tower. We're going up the Eiffel Tower and screaming our dreams. I got a private boat ride down the Seine for the women. I mean, it's going to be out standing. You want to make sure you're seeing all the things on Instagram and in the Purpose Girls Facebook group. Join there. And if you haven't yet left your five-star review, please go on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It takes you 60 seconds and helps me to get the best guests and put out the best content for you. And of course, share this podcast with every woman you know so that she becomes that goddess unleashed. She says goodbye to the good girl and she steps into the wise, wild, powerful, on purpose, bold, unapologetic woman that she was born to be. Making decisions, having clear boundaries, asking for raises, writing the damn book, doing the damn thing. And with that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Au revoir. Bye for now.